You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. with authors, the Literary Briefs Edition. Eventually, we'll have an underwear sponsor. I am your host, Eric Lance. Our sponsor today is Young Brother Spirits, coupon code DWA10. Please check them out. Um, I, our, my co-host, I've already finished a bottle of wine, so I'm, I'm good. I'm going to get through this. My co-host today is the amazing Danielle Orsino. Thank you so much for being here. And if you're listening to us or watching us, please do us a favor, hit that like, hit that subscribe button, and then leave us a little bit of feedback as you've been drinking along. And I'm sure you have so much to say about this podcast. So just let us know. Or Danielle's t-shirts. Either way, that's fine. Um, Wonderful man. I really want that theme to play all of a sudden in my head. I'm going to wear my braces next time. Yeah. Um, Our amazing guest today is Jay Ember Hintz. Okay, let's talk about what I have mostly finished drinking so far. Um, is my specific spe- Pacific Rim? I'm fine. It's okay. We'll get through this episode. I can already Words are hard. Sweet Riesling, 70% organic. I swear eventually they'll just reach out to me and tell me why it's only 70%. But I'm down to this little bit remaining from the bottle. Mm. It's a very tiny amount, but I'm feeling it and it's wonderful. Danielle, what are you drinking? I'm drinking my peach tree celestial seasonings peach tea in my lady Penelope mug, which will be for sale very soon once I figured all that out. But for right now, it's mine. Very, very cool. Very cool. Um, Jay, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Reaper. It's a cocktail made of chartreuse, which is an ancient recipe made by monks in France. Only three people in the world know the recipe at any one given time. So it's got chartreuse and some ginger beer and some mango habanero syrup. So it's very good, very Ooh, spicy. That sounds so amazing. So I amazing. Try that. Very good. Yeah. Uh, and it's sweet. It it's spicy. And it's sweet. Mango Ooh. habanero whiskey from mm-hmm. I think it's Tennessee Whiskey Company. Mm, I'm trying. I've that gotten yet. seriously drunk on that with Jonathan Mayberry. Anyway, it's fine. It's a good time. Yes, it was a good time. It was it was when I decided to stop just drinking straight hard liquor on these podcasts because I was like, look, I just downed like a half of a fifth or an entire fifth. Well, on the pot, that's not good. It's not recommended. Makes no. me seem like an alcoholic. I'm not. I promise. It's hard when you're a podcast host and you start to slur your words. <laughs> hey, don't worry. My sponsor. And that's why she's got a co-host. There is that's a right. co-host. Is to keep me on the rails. Okay. Rapid fire questions. What is your favorite book of all time? Oh, someone has asked me this before. Um, So I'm going to go kind of with an oddball. So my favorite book of all time is probably going to be the book that I read cover to cover the most. Um, And it's A Light in the Attic by Shel Silverstein. I I love A Light in the Attic. I love just, I loved his humor. It's a little snarky. It's his, I want to, I imagine he's kind of a little bit of an asshole in real life, but I kind of love that. 
Um, but it's children's humor, but it's really written for adults. So yeah, That's sister, true. And sister I, for I sale did, is one of my favorite poems. Yeah. See, I did, if you have to do the dishes, by the way, that entire theory does not actually work. Shel Silverstein. So yeah, if you drop one on the floor, they still make you do the dishes. You just get in a lot of trouble. So that yeah, was bad exactly. advice, bad advice yeah. given to me as a child. Yeah. So I'm just going to say, okay, what is your least favorite book? So there's a lot of books that I don't finish um, for one reason or the other, but I would say out of the books that I've finished, I would say probably my least favorite are the ones I was forced to read. My mother was an English teacher uh, for most of my life and she made us read like literary classics and she made me read Little Women and I hated it. And I know I'm probably gonna get hate mail for this, but it's just, for me, it's not my genre. It's not my thing. It was just so, it was so, dry just couldn't get into the characters and I hated every moment that she made me read that book so you won't yeah, get hate mail. I say way worse things about other Daniel will tell you I say way worse yeah. things about don't get me started we, yeah. on Jane Austen I have a whole entire thing for that so yeah. um, Jane Austen fanfic <laughs> don't, not a, yeah. not a okay what about what is your favorite movie or tv show made from a book that you think they did really really well like you're like Nailed it. Oh, wow. There's so many. Um, I love, I'm like a TV whore. I love watching movies and television. I love especially anything that was from a book. Um, my favorites probably most recently is Sh the Shadow and Bone series that was done on Netflix um, from Lee Bardugo's oh, books. It's from yep. her and it combined two of her series, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And um, it doesn't follow the books completely because even though they're written in the same world, the timelines are completely off in the two, the Six of Crows series and the Shadow and Bone series. I forget which happens first. Um, I think Six of Crows happens uh, well after the Shadow and Bone series, but um, they involved her, um, from what I've seen, they've involved her significantly in the, um, the screenplay or the writing of the script yeah. and um, pulling it together. And I, I thought they did it really, really well. I was a little scared because I love the character so much and every single actor looked exactly as I portrayed them in my head. So I thought that was done really, really well. Fantastic. Enjoyed every second of it. I agree. What about the opposite where they did terribly and you were like, they should not have been allowed to do this ever. So I did... <laughs> So there's, uh, I, can't, I can't remember what it's called. There's like a, a it's called Passion Flicks. Did an adaptation of a paranormal romance that I really like by Jennifer Armentrout. And it was just, it's a passion flick. So it's kind of like a B-grade movie to begin with, but um, I, that wasn't my favorite. And then I would say probably my least favorite is going to be American Gods by, I think it was maybe HBO or Showtime by Neil Gaiman. Yeah, I, I love the book, but I didn't really enjoy the, um, I, I couldn't get into the show. I just, it lost me after the first couple episodes. I never finished it. Yeah. Interesting. Daniel. Yeah. Oh, is it my turn for the obligatory question? Got it. Whatever question you'd like to ask, please, my darling. This one should be it. interesting. Okay, Jessica, we've got it. We've, you're going to bump into one of these three creatures and you're okay. going to prove that they exist. What do you pick and why? The Loch Ness okay. Monster, Bigfoot, or a UFO? go so i'm not gonna go with bigfoot because i think there's way too many funny memes about um sightings and things i don't want anyone to ever know if it's real or not so i'm not gonna go with bigfoot i'm gonna say um ufo 
Um, I'm a huge like sci-fi alien fan. I, um, the way that I would prove that it was real is that I would beg them to pick me up and take me with them. And then I would not tell anyone else. And all I needed to know that it was real, I didn't need to prove to anyone else. Like, take okay. me to your leader. I will be the first person to volunteer to lead with them. There you wow. go. Wow, that escalated yeah. really quickly. <laughs> yeah, I, think I love, you know, I love sci-fi. Book, okay. I love sci-fi. I loved, you know, I grew up watching, um, you know, Star Trek and syndication. And, you know, ever since then, I've just been hooked. So, yeah. So are you friendly. or Star Wars or both? I'm sorry? Trekkie or um, Star Wars or both? Oh, both. 100% both. Yep. Very cool. Picard you, or Shatner? Oh, Picard. Oh, sorry. Picard? I think Picard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, gotta ask. Yeah. Shatner has his things. I have to say, my favorite Star Trek movie is Galaxy Quest. I love Galaxy Quest. Hands down, Galaxy I Quest wish. to me is my favorite Star Trek movie of all time. I love Galaxy Quest. Second is Wrath of Khan, but Galaxy Quest to me was like everything I absolutely loved about Star Trek. Yeah, it was awesome. I wish they had made a sequel. Yeah, no, they they had talked about it, but we lost lost a key component of that. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I love the older ones too, like the all the, you know, the, where the tech is just so bad and like, you know, the, it's just comical at this point to go back and watch some of those. And um, there's just a charm in that. I, I agree. And again, another show that was, people were like, like, I didn't know, here's something fun story. I didn't know this. Do you know that Lucille Ball is yes. the reason that Star Trek is on, was on TV? Yes. She I did not know yes. that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Lucille it Ball was, had a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was her production company. Mm-hmm. that oh. green-lighted Star Trek. Otherwise, it would oh, never wow. have been on the um, thing. And also, it had the first interracial kiss ever, and that's because mm-hmm. every time they went to film it, because they're like, we want to do one with it and one without it, and every take, they kissed. Like, they so kissed. they did not get a non-kissing take out of the deal. They I do see that. I do hear that somewhere, yeah. Yeah, the, I love that. I love that about that. Um, yeah that show but that was neat if there's a couple lucille ball sort of documentaries of her life and stuff played by mm-hmm. different people and that was in there and i was it was very i I'm, i loved hearing that okay danielle you have to ask a question because my brain just went blank and you've had tea and oh, i've had wine that's quite all right uh what is your spirit animal Ooh, ooh that's a good question um my spirit animal well, I have Native American like uh, medicine cards. And so you go through and it gives you, you get to do a reading. It's kind of like tarot sort of, but you do a reading and you can find your spirit animal. And one of the most surprising ones was a beaver. Um, and not for the reasons that you would think as a Romance author, but it was just um, being kind of precocious and um, uh, doing their own thing, not following rules, that kind of stuff. So I really liked that. And then, um, I, but I think if I had to pick, does it have to be a real animal? No. I would probably say my spirit animal is the sky bison from, um, named Appa from the yes. um, uh, uh, Avatar hey. the Last Airbender TV show. Yes. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. I want to be a flying sky bison, just a gentle giant and sail my way around the world, see the sights. Who doesn't want that? Yeah, yeah. I'm all there. I'm I'm there with you. If you could visit one um, place in, in out of the literary world, one one land, whatever, where would you go and why? I would probably pick uh, like any any. Can it be from comic books? Yeah, I would, I'd probably pick the world of um, um, X Men because it's modern and they have flushing toilets and I'd want to have some type of um, mutant power. Yeah. So we're going oh, to Xavier power. school. Yes. Oh no, I'd probably be with Magneto, honestly. Um, oh, okay. We're going. All right. We're, 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 we're team, non-brotherhood. I'm, I'm team villain. Yeah. Mystique is my favorite. I love her. She's my favorite X-Men. I love her so much. Yeah. Is that okay, the power so of the brotherhood have? of mutants? Oh yeah, to be able to shift into any form that I want. Yeah, absolutely. I would totally be down with having scales in my normal body as well. Yeah. Um, I like this. This got very dark very quickly. And I'm okay <laughs> with that. Say, what's really funny, um, Danielle lives up in North Carolina near me now. Um, and not intended. She just happens to live in the same state as I am in. But we moved up here. And um, I don't know, Danielle, if you've seen a lot of these groundhogs up here. <laughs> And I have not yet had that pleasure. So we live on top of a mountain, um, not me and Danielle, me and my boyfriend, but we live on top of a mountain. So there's a lot, and we're right near a river. There's a lot of different creatures. My boyfriend mm -hmm. kept seeing groundhogs and he's like, is that a beaver? And I'm like, no, that is not a beaver. Mm -hmm. And he's like, but it's the same color as a beaver. And I'm like, not exactly. I'm like, have you ever seen a beaver besides on the TV? And he's like, no. And I'm like, we're going to the zoo so you can see a beaver because they're not small. Like, no. Brown no. beaver. beaver. Like, yeah. Like, very they're different. very different. They fell trees, my love. Like, this is yeah. that little thing, this little thing's not going to do anything to a river current besides float down it and disappear. The little guy from Caddyshack ain't making, is not doing any damage. Yeah, it's like a little potato. Yeah. But it did caused me to realize that I think a lot of people, and I'm going on a slight tangent here because you said beaver. So it allowed me to do that. Um, that people don't realize necessarily what certain animals and stuff like that look like in real life, how big they are. Like right. I saw a great meme the other day that had two garbage dumpsters, but it had wild boars next to them. Like one was getting in the dumpster, in the dumpster. And it literally said on the bottom of the meme, I apologize, Robert Blarathian. Because people go, how did somebody die from a boar hunt? And I'm like, have you seen how big boars get? Yeah. Like, they're yeah. the size of cars. Like, yeah. That's how big they are. So, anyway. Yeah, we're kind of sheltered. We we're are. kind of sheltered. So if you're going to write about boars, you should do some research. Just saying. That's right. Or beavers. Nothing, else, nothing takes me out of a novel more than um, getting someone getting, a, like an author getting a little tiny factoid wrong like that. I read in a book where um, the person goes kayaking as stress relief. And I think it's the, um, in the Bay off LA or maybe the San Francisco Bay or something. It's really rough water in a kayak and it's a, like an ocean kayak and she wears jeans and sneakers and we kayak all the time. And I'm like, wait, and I had to go back and I'm like, she's wearing jeans and sneakers in an ocean in kayak. a kayak. Yeah. She's, I'm like, no, that's not how that works. I'm like, oh, if you're going to write about kayaking, at least go get one. And 
at least once yeah. or, or watch a lot of YouTube videos from people that are doing yes. it because none of them will be wearing jeans and a no. t-shirt unless it's from deliverance where they're trying to run away and that's the only vehicle they have it's acceptable so. then it would be fine yeah well I was yeah. going to ask that question what will throw you out of the story I mean I think that you bring up yeah. an important point with that <clears throat> is do your proper research. If you want to throw in a fact, you can throw in a fact, but at least know what you're writing about or make it very vague. Right. So that right. You, it doesn't matter if you know things. Right. Or, you know, or, or hedge on the bet that like, maybe the people who know that fact aren't going to be your primary readers and then you can just go with it and make up stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you can ever know whether or not somebody who reads a genre goes kayaking. No, yeah, so, that's too too broad. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's also I've I've written stuff written by people in like Florida and stuff where it doesn't get really cold, and they're like, she went out in her tank top and jean shorts to walk to whatever, and it's like forty degrees, and you're like, yeah. Ah. Oh. That was one of the one of the things that my editor pointed out, because my first book is set in Hawaii. Um, I had a lot of family that lived there. I've been there a lot of times. And, um, but they work up at a telescope facility on the summit of Mount Akea and it gets very cold there. It snows there in Hawaii. And I mean, she's in the one scene, she's putting on a parka and someone commented like they're in Hawaii. Nobody has parkas in Hawaii. I'm like, actually they do. But so. yeah. again, not a widely known fact. That's funny because it works opposite. People will be reading going, what do you mean a parka in Hawaii? And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, but there's snow there. Just yeah. that we don't take pictures of it because right. that's how that works. Right. Okay. What is your favorite weird food combination that you like to eat? Uh, so my husband likes to say that I eat like a 12 year old. Um, I, the thing I get the most crap about is that it's not really a combination, but it's a product. It's like a Coke coffee. It's sold in the like energy drink aisle. Oh but yeah. Coke coffee. I don't know if you remember like when Coke black came out, I loved it and it was only on the market for a short time. And these Coke coffees are very much like that. I'm addicted. I drink one every day with my lunch. Um, but anyone who sees me drinking it, they just think I'm a weirdo. Um, um I tried it because I saw it and I'm like, I need to try this. I actually tried every flavor I could get my hands on. Mm-hmm. That is a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. there, some are better than others. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was, there was one that I was mm-hmm. like, if there was nothing else, I guess I could do this, but I'll tell you, I was like, who thought this was a good plan? But I get it. Everybody has their own tastes. A lot of people are into Jolt Cola. I happen to be a Jolt Cola person, but you also have to take vitamin C when you drink Jolt Cola. Otherwise, your gums will bleed. So, (laughs) okay, what else? Um, So I do... um... I call it my, uh, my redneck sushi. I, cause I'm lazy and we have a sushi making kit, but it's a lot of work. Um, so I just do a saltine cracker with tuna salad and some pickled ginger on top. <laughs> Takes like 10 minutes. Wow. And you're like done sushi. <laughs> Nailed it. It's close. Nailed it right here. <laughs> what about like, when you're writing? Do you, do you snack when you write? I do. So I have a hard time sitting in one place um, at a time because I have uh, degenerative disc disease and scoliosis. So I have to move around a lot. Um, So I move around the house. um, And one of the places that I like to sit is either my bed or on the couch, but I tend to doze off sometimes, which doesn't help with getting the work in out there. 
So if I have like a snack, um, something crunchy, so like plain popcorn or um, goldfish crackers or pretzels or gummy bears or something like that, um, I always have a bowl of that next to me to kind of, as long as I have something like to chew or to crunch, um, it keeps me awake and it keeps me um, focused. I'm surprised those Coke coffees are not keeping you awake and focused because man. Yeah. Man. I drink a lot of caffeine. I think I have like a tall, a very high tolerance. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had that problem when I used to do road trips is I drank so much caffeine that like that was not keeping me awake anymore. No matter what it was, it was like no amount of that was keeping me awake. And then I was like, okay, I need to probably back down from that. Oh yeah. I have a kid that goes to college like 10 hours away. And so when we have to go pick them up, I do a family size bag of um, strawberry Twizzlers. So Oh, it's chewy good. it takes a long time to eat, eat each one and so it lasts the whole trip so the next day my stomach's not always great but yeah make it through the 10 hour trip in one in one shot very cool go ahead danielle if you could be one mythical creature what would you be hmm. well i don't know if this is mythical but so does a witch count like someone who can wield elemental sure. magic sure. yeah Sure, I'd that counts. Be a witch. We'll that. I'd be a witch and do like elemental magic. Yeah. So like a craft witch or a practical magic witch? Like oh no, like yeah, probably craft. Yeah. 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 I, I saw exactly which one you went to as well. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> okay. What about um uh what is something that you find as a writer is your Achilles heel, like that you do and your editor is like, stop doing this? I do, I use a lot of repeated words. I'm terrible with punctuation, um, commas, semicolons, colons, em dash, like I need someone else to fix that for me. Um, so that's kind of one of my things. Um, but I reuse a lot of phrases. Um, in my first book, the, the male character did a lot of like running his hand through his hair when he was yeah. like frustrated. They're like, okay, yeah, he does this that. like every three pages. You, we, we could probably cut some of those out. That'd be great. Um, and I tend to stick to certain letters of the alphabet that I like. So in a lot of my fantasy names, um, she'll go through and say, okay, well, you have like these eight fantasy words and five of them start with an A you need to change them because as a reader, you're only reading the first two letters and going on and they're all blending together and now we're confused. So I have a writer friend that every character had a J name in the book because Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I don't even know who we're talking about here anymore. I was like, you got to redo all these names. I can't keep track. And then she got confused in the middle of it. So that made it even funnier. Um, I will say something. um, One of the other co-hosts, Chelsea turned me on to was word hippo. If you guys have never used word hippo, yes. it will give you a million other words yep. for a word. So you don't have to repeat it. So yep, I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What a, um, oh my gosh, what was that? Do you, uh, are your book is not an audio book yet. Are you going to do that? So that's the debate that I'm currently having. Um, I did get some advice from a friend who um, kind of has their fingers in that world. And they said to hold off and wait because some of the AI options that are coming out down the road very shortly um, might make it a lot more affordable. Um, right now, based on my word count, I'm probably looking at like a $2,500 to $3,000 cost to do the audiobook, And I don't know that that will earn itself out. 
over time, just because I would love to have an audiobook out there for folks who prefer audiobook to expand kind of my audience. But I don't know that I can justify it. Um, I don't ever think it'll earn that back. Um, so I'm kind of waiting to see what the AI options are that come out. Um, ideally, I wanted to get an audiobook out this spring, kind of in between the release of the first book and the release of the second book. But I'm not sure now. I'm kind of holding off and pulling the trigger on that. Have you thought about doing it yourself? <laughs> no, <laughs> I hate reading out loud. Um, that's one of the things that I kind of have thought, just kind of like book covers, I don't know that I can do it. I've done a few readings um, for re like recorded readings and they come out okay, but I write in dual POV. Um, I can do the female voice okay. I don't think I would do justice to the male voice. I, I'm not a trained actor. I, I don't think I'd do a good job. I don't think I'd do it justice. You know, a lot of, uh, if you listen to a lot of audiobooks, though, they're just telling the story with slightly different voices. True. They're not like, I'm going to be this deep voice and I'm doing that. And I'm, you know, they're just doing slightly different. So you can tell which character True. is talking. I don't know. I think I got a little bit of stage fright. Um, I, I listened to one of my favorite authors is a newer author, um, Luke Arnold. And so he's a trained actor as well. And he does all his own audiobooks and he's fucking phenomenal. He does all, he has all these characters. He does all these voices for them and different accents. It's incredible. So I just, you know, it's kind of like that imposter syndrome. I'll always be comparing myself to the person who's best at it. So mm -hmm. that's something to think about. I'm still percolating. Micah, do you like listening to audiobooks? I do. Um, so I usually I listen to an audiobook it's going to be like a longer fantasy some of the things that are going to take me a really long time to read I have a pretty significant commute every day so I listen to the books that I want to read that are you know approaching the like 500 or more page count um so that I can get those read um and then I leave the shorter ones 300 or so for the actual books that I read since you do that do you follow certain narrators I don't yet not yet no mm -mm. Interesting. Okay. Danielle, my love. Well, now I have to know since she's a, since you're a comic book fan, uh, DC or Marvel. So I do love Batman so much. Um, so I, I do love everything that Marvel puts out, but I'm going to say probably DC. It's a little bit darker. So Ooh, interesting. So DC yeah. favorite characters, Batman. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Batman was the first uh, movie that I ever, the, my first date ever took me to see the very first Batman movie. So I just, I think it's just solidified in my mind. It's attached to like part of my id at this point. So yeah. Are we talking the Michael Keaton Batman? Yes, we are. Yeah. I appreciate nice. that. I don't think anyone will ever top Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Oh no, for sure. Anybody out no. there, but it's very hard to ever top that ever. No, she was definitely the best. Yeah, very cool. Um, so obviously you have a commute audiobooks. What's your favorite kind of book to read? Do you prefer e-readers or paperbacks or hardbacks? I do love, um, I don't like to read. I love hardbacks. I love collecting them like trophies, especially if I can get signed ones by authors. But um, I prefer to read a paperback just because it's much easier to hold in one hand while I'm laying in bed. Um, I will say most of my, probably 90% of what I read um, is a digital and I read everything on my phone. No, that makes sense. I uh, had far too many books fall on my face that mm -hmm. um, Kindle became more of my best friend for that reason. Not that Kindles can't fall on your face, but they don't have the same weight as a hardback book, you know. That's Based true. Yeah. Well, the worst part of like falling asleep is not, not necessarily the book falling. I was just losing your place. 
That's true. That's true. It's I do that with TV too, though. I fall asleep with TV on all the time. And unfortunately, it just keeps running episodes. I have to go, what episode was I on? Like, or you wake up when there's a pause in the noise and it's the little screen that says, Are you still watching? Yeah. Are you still there? Yeah. I always make the mistake of going, Don't ask me this again. And then I'm like, Oh, I wish it had asked me that again. Yeah. I wake up in the morning and still playing like yeah. craziness. Okay, Danielle, final question, my friend. Uh, what any shows uh, influenced you when you were writing? Uh, yeah, actually. So um, I don't know if you guys ever watched Sense8. It was a Netflix TV show. It had a lot of like, um, it was the multiple souls were connected. They had a conscious connection between, I think there was oh, yeah. five or six of them together. Um, I loved that concept. And I did um, want to, I added, that was kind of while I was drafting, it came out in one of the times I had pulled the book out and was working on it. And so I did use kind of that concept that um, uh, hive mind is um, not necessarily how I would describe it, but um, psychic connections between people. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Okay. Shameless self-promotion time again. Tell people about your book, where to get it, about so my social media. Yeah. So I'm on all the social media channels, um, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, most active probably on Instagram and TikTok. And you can find my book at jamberhints.com if you want signed author copies, or you can get it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Apple or Kobo or any of the other places um, where print and eBooks are sold. Um, you can also get it on IndieBound or at your favorite bookstore. Go into your favorite bookstore. That's important. Uh, the Ash Gardeners, and um, it is a supernatural romance with um, some sci-fi and fantasy elements. Very cool. And what is your handle on all those socials that you described that you were on so wonderfully? So my handle is at jamberhints, and with Twitter, I'm sorry, with TikTok, I'm at author jamberhints. Very, very cool. I'm so glad you came on the show with us. Yes, I'm very excited. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. Yay. Absolutely. Okay, guys, this has been Drinking with Authors Literary Briefs. I've been your host, Erica Lance. Our sponsor today has been Skunk Brothers Spirits, coupon code DWA10. Please check them out. My co-host has been the amazing Danielle Orsino. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Give us a little feedback because now you've been drinking, so now... The keyboard balls come out and you can tell us exactly what you think of us. We can't wait to hear it. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks for having me. Hey, Martha. What? Do you like nerd stuff? I do. And do you like adult beverages? I super do. (laughs) Well, then you should join us with a drink. With a drink. With a drink. On But first, let's talk nerdy. Clink! (laughs) On the ESO Network. We'll see you on Tuesday. Maybe next Tuesday. Maybe. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.